0: Welcome into the PHLY Phillies podcast, Jamie Lynch, Renee Washington in with you on this Thursday as we are live. Only 10 games remain here on the baseball season. Uh, We'll get into a little bit of Atlanta yesterday, the highs and lows of that, the upcoming weekend's series with the Mets, four games, but Renee, the only thing I can think about this weekend is... Are they going to be able to get these games in, and how does that kind of affect the schedule going forward? Because uh, the storms that are coming to the northeast of this country are uh, no joke. And some areas, depending on how the storm hits North Carolina here, uh, as I put on my meteorologist cap, uh, you know, I saw Jim Cantore say could be up to five inches of rain in some spots. Um, so, you know, there's something – something happening here and uh, hopefully they can get the games in this weekend I don't know if they're going to be able to but it appears uh, a great slate of college football games Saturday uh, is in the right place for a rain out it looks like uh, we're going to be rained out uh, here locally on Saturday and Sunday Um, I wonder if it's something where they consider a doubleheader on Friday they probably probably not but you know, with only basically a week or so to go in the season, this becomes kind of one of those hairy situations where it's like, all right, how do we get this in? When do we do a doubleheader? Because it certainly feels like this is going to be a rain-out type of weekend.
1: Yeah, storms definitely a-brewing right now. Um, and honestly, as you talk about the Saturday games, I actually have a, have been seeing and an, a part of a game that's being moved for college football Saturday. Most games are being moved up. They're adjusting. And as you talk about – I you know, the forecast right now calling for rain Saturdays, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. And so you would wonder if there's the con- I'm sure the conversation's been had about oh, ha- sure what to has, do yeah. around the games. We do a doubleheader on Friday, but as you mentioned, there's not a lot of wiggle room. There's not no. much time left, and obviously the Phillies and the-, and the Mets face off in seven of the ten games to close out this the series the season. Excuse me. So there's even less wiggle room. So maybe there's even on the back end where they do something in, the- in that later series. I don't know, but yeah. overall, it's- it makes it messy and. Um, definitely is a little bit frustrating but this is the fall weather we get where like yeah. you get some sunny days and all of a sudden it's storming for three days and I know uh as you mentioned it's just the question mark of like we don't have a lot of time left and no what the, do
0: you do I guess the good <laughs> thing is seven of your last 10 games are versus this Mets team right. so you can tack on a double header here and there uh and get that going that way but not yeah. ideal
1: but if there's there's there are options there to work uh,
0: kind of sucks that the last weekend of uh, the Phillies you know home schedule is going to be impacted by rain because, you know, I have a couple friends with the Sunday package. People love that Sunday package. Um, And Saturday was another, you know, probably my ideal start time for a baseball game, which is four Oh five.
1: I know. And then you
0: get out of there and it's like dinner time (laughs) and you go to the bar and it's just, uh,
1: well that's what makes it worse honestly is because it is, here it's in philly i mean if this was a road situation we're watching on tv for the most part anyways (laughs) but you know we're winding down the regular season everyone's trying to get to those final regular season games and you're going to be in a poncho at the game um and maybe have to row your way out of citizens bank park so that part of it makes it very frustrating not to mention um it is a series you talk about the mets and i know we'll dive into it much deeper that uh you want to see the phillies go in just win, have, play some great baseball. Kyle, is, Kyle you're saying the match should just forfeit anyways. I mean, this is <laughs> a series that should be a fun way to close out the regular season at home.
0: Yeah, it should be. and uh, Unfortunately, you can't control weather. Um, <laughs> that sucks. But uh, yeah, because the week has been so great. And, you know, I've had Saturday morning tea time. That selfishly I'm worried about. Uh, it's just like the bad weather always seems to come on the weekends. And it's like, can't you just come on like Tuesday, a Tuesday and a Monday are very fitting for like shitty rain weather and just gray weather everywhere. It always has to come on like a Saturday, Sunday. I, I, uh, I was going to have some of my high school buddies and families over to the house and have a fire outside, bring the TV outside and have college football on all day. And now it's like, All right, I guess we're inside and uh, I don't want all you animals in my house. I'd like to have the kids outside the house. Mm. So kind of canceled my plan selfishly. Thank you, Mother Nature. (laughs) Uh, But as my golfing uh, buddy said... They don't know bleep. We're still playing. And I was like, all right, that's an optimistic way to look at it. Sure. So we'll see, yeah, we'll see what happens. Let's hope
1: the forecast is wrong. Yeah. Um, I remember I started out my career as... Did you do some big, weather? I did do some weather. Wow. I was always wrong, though. I'd say to be, like, <laughs> sunny and warm and to be, like, snowing and freezing and, yeah. like, complete opposite. But that was local news, and I don't know how many people were actively <laughs> counting on me to deliver the accurate weather forecast. But I will say it is annoying to me when the weather decides to be crappy on the weekends because we all crawl through the week. Yeah. We're so Struggling like it's it's a Friday yet. Today's glorious. It. Today's a beautiful day, and 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 look, we don't mind working on nice days too, but we'd like to be not working on nice days as well. Yeah. And also sitting back, kicking back, like you talk about, hanging with your buddies, watching some games. It's great this weekend. The Eagles play Monday, so even yeah, I know you the get weekend the baseball focused.
0: So what do you? How does Renee Washington take in a football Sunday with no Eagles? Are you uh oh. going out to the local bar? Are you blanket on the couch and? <laughs> Uh, watching one game do you watch red zone like ha- take us inside a Sunday with Eagles free football for you
1: well the beauty of being able to have a day where I don't have to watch the Eagles and I can watch other teams is I can watch with whoever I want when the Eagles are playing I'm, I don't know about you Jamie I'm very very picky and meticulous about who I'm watching Eagles, any any of my teams play. Yes. Because I don't I don't want to have, and I've, I've made the mistake of watching with the wrong people and they're saying comments that are outlandish or they're cheering for the wrong team or they're, you know, I don't want that. I'm, I don't need that negativity. It needs to be a good group of people. We're all on the same page. People that understand the game, that we could be trash talking together, cheering together, crying together, whatever it is. So to have a non-Eagles Sunday means I could just do whatever. I can be, I can be a social butterfly. I can yeah. go to the, I don't even know what I'm going to do yet. It depends <laughs> on the weather, to be honest. Um, I'm jealous. If it's raining, I'm, I'm going nowhere. I'm jealous of that um, freedom. I know, but like, you know, uh, Thursday night when they played, I was sitting watching, had my wings. I was watching in my house. I live mm. really close to the stadium, so sometimes I'll go down and tailgate and then come back or stay and watch you know it's the it's the non-kids fun life of being yeah, able to watch games Jamie. I'm jealous
0: <laughs> these kids you know at four and two I thought they'd be able to like take care of themselves and hold down the fort a right, little they're bit basically and me and mom at could point. go out to the bar but like they're not there yet it's very selfish of them um, <laughs> how dare they yeah, not I know be able to right? just take care of themselves so I'll be uh I'll be Skylar. squeezing in red zone um and when I got home last night Skylar watched because we were on during the day yeah uh, and she was mad at me that I didn't wave back to her when she waved to me
1: how and I was like oh Such a I'm bad sorry dad. Skylar
0: I'll wave to you next time you should time.
1: just always throw in a wave there you go every <laughs> show at some point throw in your yeah. wave so that regardless
0: yeah. uh, so got covered. enough of us and our weekend <laughs> plans and the weather and meh hopefully uh, you guys have great weekend plans yeah, too yeah <laughs> I know it's just I, I, I hate winter you'll get to know that about me just because you're kind of stuck inside unless you're like skiing or something um, that's a whole other soapbox that we can yeah, get on but so we, we like, won't go there yet so, so like any weekend <laughs> (laughs) that gets taken away from me in the fall i'm like ah that's one less weekend we get to spend outside um so the mets are headed to town as we just said seven of the next 10 games to end the year are against the lifeless mets now the mets are actually six and four in their last 10 games uh, but the good news is they're an abysmal away team uh they are 14 games below 500 on the road Uh, Just an overall disappointing year where they sold off Scherzer and Verlander uh, and we all laughed and belly laughed uh, at their failures from afar. Mm -hmm. Um, They are 26 game, 26 and a half games behind the Atlanta Braves, which is pathetic, guys. We're only 14. uh, So big credit to the Phillies. Uh, But yes, they are coming into town. They're not playing probably as bad as a lot of people think they are. But they are on the road. They have nothing left to play for. Uh, they're such a loser-mutt organization. You have to wonder how much like, their hearts are really in it. Is playing a spoiler to the Phillies or just making their life a little more difficult? Is that something to get up for for them, or are they thinking about family time in the off season, tea times, and vacations?
1: I don't know. I haven't been in that situation much personally. (laughs) Not used to being at the end of the regular season and knowing that there's no postseason. But I will say, well, we did have a (laughs)
0: decade of that before the last two
1: years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say though, for the Mets, especially going up against the Phillies, I would expect they're probably trying to play spoiler. You know, this is this is a, a, a back and forth. It's weird to even call it, I it. It's called, weird to call it a rivalry because, I don't know, but...
0: Yeah, the Phillies have pretty much dominated yeah, it. Yeah, like,
1: I think of a rivalry as more even than you don't know who's going to win, but it's still that, like, brotherly competition where they're one of our neighbors and we don't like them and they don't really like us either and we all know it. So I would imagine the Mets are coming in trying to play spoiler. Plus, I think, again, I don't know personally from speaking from experience, but I'm assuming when you aren't in... Uh, position of going to the playoffs. You also want to show against teams that have a chance to go to the postseason look at us, we can win some games against you. So now you feel it's that small victory that you pat yourself on the back with, that if the Phillies go the distance, you can say, well, we at least did this against them in the regular season. I don't know. It's, it's participation trophies at, at that point. Yeah. But I imagine the Mets are probably coming into this series. Um, it's, it's, it's a rainy, weird weather weekend. They have nothing really to play for except just to have the small victories of ending the regular season on a high note. And China spoiled for the Phillies, so...
0: Yeah. Ah, I hope... Let, let's hope they're more concerned with their uh, dinner reservations yeah. <laughs> uh, at Philly's Great Restaurants than uh, playing the Phillies. Uh, but let's take a look at the pitching matchups this weekend. Our man Tyler Zuli cooked up a nice little graphic to lay it out for you. Uh, Gets started tonight with Ranger back on the mound. 7:15 game tonight. Uh, and I was offered Diamond Club tickets tonight, and I can't go because it's back to school night. Dang, the I salty
1: bad weekend continues.
0: Uh. But you got (laughs) Ranger Suarez versus Peterson tonight, Uh, Friday night. Check in on Mimas and Papas everywhere. Another Apple TV game as Taiwan Walker, who has been struggling lately, uh, faces off against McGill. And then Saturday and Sunday, we'll see if they you know consider moving one of those up to a doubleheader friday maybe they just tack it on next week when they play the mets don't know uh, but zach wheeler is slated to go on saturday for that 405 game uh, versus quintana for the mets and then the sunday 105 game the last sunday game of the year for the Phils at home uh, unfortunately is at 105 we'll see what the weather does there uh, but that is christopher sanchez versus Butto or butto, ha <laughs> ha, got his ass. <laughs> uh, so there's literally. your, yeah, <laughs> literally his ass. Um, so there you have it. <laughs> I mean, bumps. those are advantage Phillies in yeah. pretty much all four games. Yeah. Uh, actually, game two, I can't say taiwan Walker is an advantage over anybody right now. He's been uh, pretty brutal here. Uh, I think over his last seven or eight starts, his ERA is like 6.45. Uh, he hasn't really given you much of anything as of late. And this was the talk, you know, when I was talking to my Mets friends from college about Walker, they, they always said, and it just stuck in my brain all year, yeah, enjoy first half Taiwan, second half Taiwan stinks. And that's kind of been the case here so far. Um, you know, you won't have to worry about him pitching in a playoff matchup until that second round, luckily. Uh, because he's not going to pitch in a three-game series, uh, but once you get to a lineup like the Braves, I'm getting you know uh, chills just thinking about Taiwan Walker versus that Braves team. Um, so yeah,
1: that is he's on the struggle bus right yeah. now, and that's definitely been uh, not great. Wh- it has not been great, but. Also, on the other side, David Peterson, who's going to get the start tonight for the Mets, has not been great. Yeah. And looking at the numbers specifically at Citizens Bank Park, um, but on the road in general, I should say, actually, for David Peterson, 7-3-5 ERA on the road this season, 1-6 in, in those games and gave up 10 home runs, and you're on the road again. But then also, overall, just has a 3-8 and eight record of 5-2-2 two, two ERA. David Peterson gets to start for the Mets. So, hopefully, the Phillies are able, from the jump, to capitalize and continue to um hit balls out of the park and yeah. take advantage of Peterson opening the game to get an early lead. I'd love to see that. Ranger Suarez on the other side who continues to be one of my favorite pitchers to watch for the Phillies. Yeah, he's the man. I love yeah he's I the love man. Ranger. Ranger Danger. Uh Ranger has been lights out. Um obviously has had just a great job of being consistent, which we all enjoy, but also the numbers that we've been seeing from Ranger uh, a 270 ERA versus the Mets, but also a 331 ERA in the last 30 days. So I like that Ranger, as we're getting down the stretch, that the numbers that we've been seeing have been. Very consistent for what you want from any pitcher in the bullpen right now. Yeah, so.
0: Ranger's uh, an extremely likable guy. He's got such a cute smile, you know. He's, uh, he's just adorable. Yeah, he reminds like me Ranger. of Carlos Ruiz a little bit. Uh, and one of my f- favorite websites back in the day, Chooch Loves Ice Cream. Did you guys ever uh, visit Chooch Loves Ice Cream? It was just a, a site of Carlos Ruiz doing a fist pump, but he had a big ice cream cone in his hand, and it would just repeat, and that was the website.
1: How old were you when you were going on to this
0: I, I was an adult. Oh yeah, yeah. I was an adult. I don't um, recall
1: this website.
0: I loved Chooch Loves Ice Cream. <laughs> I might have made it at my home page in the 2008 series. Uh, Senior October <laughs> stole uh, the hearts of all of us, including ChoochLovesIceCream.com. I wonder if it's still in existence. <laughs> I'll have to check.
1: I, I would. I would. Li- so around that time, I'm trying to think of where high school Renee was. I, I was really in think-
0: Roxborough, living with my buddy and his sister, and uh, having a good time in life
1: that's interesting i was in high school dealing with the usual pre-teen or teenage drama i don't know that i was really following chooch loves ice cream as much at that time (laughs) maybe i think it was more the early days of facebook and that's about the extent of my internet uh, that I was doing, I might have even had an AIM address still wow, at that point. Wow! Yeah. When you go I had uh, that far.
0: just moved into my buddy's house, and we didn't have any furniture right like as October started, and it was you know the playoff push and all that. And I literally watched it in a windowless Roxborough basement, sitting on a plastic chair from like you know that's like $9.99 at the the, the True Value uh, on a like, th- a fat TV. They weren't even flat back then. They,
1: they had a butt. Yeah. That's when TV still had a butt, as you called it. A I wagon mean, maybe, on that TV. Yeah, a wagon. Yeah. Julia, I love that you tried to look up Chooch, because I was going to do the same exact <laughs> thing, so I'm glad you beat me to it, because I'm not going to
0: lie. That was next on my to-do list. Chooch loves um, but ice But Greg cream. is
1: wondering how long you would stay on that website.
0: Uh, you know, I just put it on for, like, a minute and smile.
1: Wait, I don't really get the website.
0: There wasn't much to get. It was just an adorable little Chooch with an ice cream cone, and he looked really happy.
1: So you just... I what would you just do it wa- over and over again
0: yeah it just repeated itself like and every you just five seconds and watched
1: it yeah for like As a an minute adult? yeah
0: <laughs> and then I would go on to like you know the next go check my fantasy football team that's so weird I, I didn't say it was normal
1: I'm, I'm <laughs> very much questioning so this is like Jamie in the whatever what age what uh, age let's demographic see I was probably
0: 26 uh, ish so at 26
1: you were just watching that on repeat
0: chooch stole my heart Renee <laughs> The little guy's adorable. And stole
1: a lot of your valuable time that <laughs> you'll never get back. That's wild. Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, so uh, let's Yeah, get I was to... not on that. Okay, yeah, let's go along. I don't think a lot of people were, but that's okay. That was my little little treat for myself. Um, yesterday <laughs> in Atlanta, we uh, experienced the highs and lows of Phillies baseball in a nutshell. And nice. I got to say, we did the post game show yesterday. You can check us out from time to time doing pre and post game show. Every postseason, we're going to be doing it live. And the shows will just be pre and post because that's when it matters the most. Uh, but yesterday was awesome. And I got to tell you, waking up this morning, it felt even better uh, to get that win. Because the Phillies had lost their f- previous five extra inning games. And not only is it sweet to kind of break that streak, uh, but it's even sweeter that it's versus the <laughs> Braves, a team you're on you know, this collision course with.
1: And also, last week when we had our... Yeah. Cue the cough button, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> last week when we <laughs> when we had our pre and post game show, it was after the Phillies lost in extra innings, and so it was it felt like deja vu that we were back in that moment of extra innings and getting ready to do a post game show. But this time they came through, they delivered, and I do like when you talk about uh, the fact they've dropped the last five, finally to get a, a win. And these are clutch moments, you know, when you talk about extra innings, it's that next big play moment. Who's going to be the one to to get the walk off? Who's going to be one to make the big stop? To Offensively, who's going to just be the one to help you get the win? And yesterday we saw Casty Clutch, Nick Castiano on the defensive side in the ninth inning to even send it to 10, um, helped to set up, set up that victory. Bryson Stott was clutch. So I love seeing how in big moments players step up. And it was so great to wake up this morning. The birds were chirping. The sun was shining. It was like, huh, ah, because the Phillies took care of business yesterday. And in a series that we had talked about, they should have won. Um, to see how they were able to over – There were some minor moments in there that could have been hiccups that caused the game to go the other way. That could have made it a loss. But the Phillies were able to pull through, make adjustments, win the game, and it makes it so much more exciting today to have this conversation. Absolutely. And hi,
0: Barbara, (laughs) in the chat. And Sean Sean Melody in the chat makes a good point. Not only had they lost their last five extra inning games, they had come back in most yes. of those in the eighth or ninth inning to either tie it up in some kind of dramatic fashion. And Jason Stark of The Athletic actually researched this with his you know stat team, and he had said it had never been done in the history of baseball, what the Phillies had just done, where they had come from behind to tie it up and lost five in a row in extra innings. So it does feel damn good to take the Braves down in the fashion that you did yesterday. It feels even better this morning. And I think the cherry on top of that was that it was an Aaron Nola game where he looked really strong. And, you know, look, Aaron Nola is going to pitch in the playoffs. All we can do is hope and pray that we get good Nola. And (laughs) yesterday was a baby step towards good Nola. Uh, This is a wild stat. Yesterday was only the second time all season long that Aaron Nola had a game without allowing a home run or a walk. And to do it versus the Braves, one is freaking impressive but two uh you know for a guy that does have control of the strike zone and you know doesn't really walk a ton of guys it's a pretty crazy stat um that he put together yesterday
1: well to talk on the first part about just losing those five games and extra innings that were comebacks um that in itself was kind of the mo it felt like of the Phillies of getting down chasing the game coming back and then it almost makes it worse. Like I, I mean, a loss, a loss is always frustrating, regardless how it happens. But there's something about that emotional roller coaster that you get taken on when it's like you're down. You're like, oh, slow start. Phillies play themselves back into it cut the game within a run or two, maybe they tie it up, whatever happens, you're excited, you're thinking, oh, great, Phillies have woken up, we're going to get this win. And then you go into extra innings like, oh, boy, here we go again, and then they lose. So that up and down roller coaster is a lot mentally. So it's great that the Phillies not only started the game strong, played all the way through, and even when the Braves went on a run and closed the gap, still were able to hold on to the lead, win the game. I will raise my hand.
0: When it was first and third and one out, I went (laughs) – Uh, They're going to lose, and somehow they got out of it.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's the stuff that we haven't been seeing from the Phillies. It's been, oh, they're going to lose, and they do, Or all this is going to be three runs rattled off, and that's exactly what happens. But this time, as you talk about with Aaron Nola specifically, after three innings of no hits, the fourth and fifth inning got a little bit shaky. Nola worked through it, was able to still hold on to the lead. So finally, Nola steps off the mound with the Phillies up. And we're feeling good about it. Yeah. So as you're talking about, Tyreek, it's great to go into the playoffs on a good note and not only get that series, but to continue that. So we all talk about momentum and consistency, continuing that into these l- remainder of the 10 games that we have, that the Phillies do not take anybody lightly and bring the same type of performance. I want... Big plays like Nick Castellanos made or maybe simple yeah, plays, actually, I mean, but
0: that was the play. solid the, plays. That was the play <laughs> of the game. And there's some great quotes from his teammates and oh, manager yeah. after the game. Uh, but Nick Castellanos basically said, you know, we'll get to the quote in a, in a second. Uh, I pictured it as the angel and the devil on his <laughs> shoulder. And I think we understand now uh, a little bit of the mindset of Nick Castellanos uh, and why he might lunge at first pitches out of the zone and why he might be aggressive when it doesn't call for it. He has an angel and a devil on his shoulder, uh, much like Scooby-Doo. You know, good Scoob and bad Scoob. Uh, And he said he usually only hears that voice. Here's the quote after the game, and this was courtesy of Matt Gelb from The Athletic. Usually the voice just pops up when I'm hitting, you know? Like, don't take this 2-0 pitch. The voice does not sound like Scooby-Doo. He heard the voice as the foul ball was approaching him in the ninth inning in foul territory on third base. The voice said to him, catch it. Throw him out. Castellanos did it with a flourish spinning motion that resulted in a perfect throw home. It was both wrong and lucky. Um, Was it the wrong play? Um, Yeah. I mean, fundamental baseball says let it drop. It reminded me exactly of the play. And we'll see if you guys remember this. I know Tyler Suley, the seam head, will remember this. (laughs) Jeff Francoeur made the identical play on a game late in the year when Jonathan Papelbon set the all-time saves record for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, That spinning towards home plate, just cannon throw. It was not smart, but damn, it was good. Rob Thompson after the game said, I was saying to myself, drop it, drop it. Uh, Garrett Stubbs who was behind the plate yesterday said I already told him that if I had to be honest I was screaming at the top of my lungs to drop it Uh, Bryson Stott said I saw him not get behind it and then I said oh crap so even his own teammates his manager um, didn't think it was the right play but he made the play and that's all that matters and I can't really imagine having much better of a day at the ballpark than Nick Castellanos did yesterday Uh, Uh, Rich Hoffman one of the the many talented writers we have here at phly uh, i encourage all of you to subscribe to his daily newsletter because it's awesome uh, i read it myself personally uh, but he had something about castellanos and you know look his second half of the season has been quite a struggle uh, yeah. you know he had a he had a first half that was really really good uh he's been up and down in the order from fourth down to seventh uh and you know rich just talks about there's this genuine A genuine feeling with Castellanos that he's just cool. Mm -hmm. Like when he says the Scooby Doo thing, he's willing to, you know, give you his reason why. You know, he's telling Rojas to unbutton that extra button and have a little swag. There's just something genuine and cool about that guy. And I find myself rooting for him immensely even through his struggles because you know it just kind of matters to him um yeah so you know it's just uh it's a really great story and if Castianos can kind of get this going in the final 10 games and carry that into the playoffs this lineup is nasty mm-hmm. it might not have the Braves home run potential Uh, But with Bryce Harper's power, you know, seemingly back, this lineup, if Castellanos and JT can kind of get into form a little bit, is going to give a lot of teams some cold sweats as they prepare for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, there were some so many great pieces, and I feel like uh, stories and perspectives that we saw come out. I know Sean Melody's talking about even the piece that Alex Coffey wrote, which is also, and is always a good piece, anything that Alex writes. But it, you loved seeing all the different perspectives, and we all were watching at the same moment and all had similar thoughts, and it was it's that moment of us all realizing, like you said, this was a moment that could have easily been like a, if if anything had gone wrong in that play, would have made Nick Cassiano's the talk in a bad way. But here we are talking about that stellar defensive play because it's a game-saving play. But I think that's what makes Nick Castiano so great and so likable is the the very things that drive you crazy, sometimes swinging at first pitches or sure. you know doing some knuckle-headed things. Are Thinking he can throw out at home yesterday. Right, and it's like, dude, right. and, and exactly, no, not many people example. can do that. <laughs> Earlier in the game, we were saying there was kind of like a, a – a, a mistake on his part of trying to do too much and then later in the game that's what also helps save it yeah. so the things that make Nick Cassiano's great is that he's not afraid to take chances not afraid to even speak up i know um, M B D. Wow, this feels like the eye test here. MBDBDBF <laughs> said, uh, generally speaking, if you're hearing voices, you don't publicly share that. <laughs> Listen, we all hear voices. We all have that oh, internal, we all have voice. The internal voice. I have no problem admitting that. Sometimes it might be my parents that I'm hearing. Sometimes it's myself, Sometimes whatever. But Nick Cassianos is not afraid to say the things that's on his mind that he's not afraid to speak up. And he's not afraid to also be that guy that might sometimes take the heat or the pressure or or just be the one that takes a lot of the, the negativity and the slack when we're talking about the Phillies. We talked even on the show in the first couple episodes about him needing to be better hitting the ball, getting on base. Scoring, And here he is doing exactly that. A pair of home runs, makes a huge defensive play. So I, I love the fact that Nick Castellanos, hit that cough button, I Nick know. Castellanos has the ability to really take whatever's thrown his way and still be the same guy. You don't see him change up. He's going to bring yeah. you the, the unbuttoned swag. He's, he's gonna bring you the Yeah, he's, he's genuinely going to be that boisterous, loud personality um, and loud in the sense of just how he carries himself. So yeah, and well I, think, I think, you know,
0: I, I'm athletes. not meaning to say that, you know, others in that locker room are genuine I think they all kind of yeah, are on the same way, sure. level of just like it, it seems to gel and work really well and it could be you know I was talking with our, our Vince Pellegrini out in the uh, prep area and it was, he said they might be the anti Sixers, and I was like, "What do you mean that they're good when it's not expected type of thing?" And he was like, "No, that they just turn it up in the playoffs."
1: Yeah. And this yeah. is going to be
0: the big test for them, uh, you know. As we know, famously, the Sixers do not turn it up in the playoffs. Uh, but last year, you know, I'll never forget dancing on my own and and how yes. fun those rides were and going down to St. Louis and taking on Spencer Strider and the Braves and shutting them down. Uh, it was all just so. fun fun it was one of the most fun baseball seasons of my life and you know hopefully that gene is still there they can show you here in these late game heroics with the bats that they're clutch, and you know they seem to all genuinely love each other, and the wet bandits, and the daycare, <laughs> and all this stuff. It just seems like an incredible locker room, and I guess that's where you know I might nitpick at Rob Thompson here and there about in-game decisions and not pinch-hitting JT yesterday, but I think that's where he gets the credit because it didn't feel like that under Joe Girardi. Um, so I think Rob Thompson, you know, deserves a lot of credit for. You know, the team camaraderie and the locker room vibes that they all seem to have.
1: Yeah, I do think that we absolutely have oh, <laughs> <Andy. M-E-D-B-D-B-F.
0: laughs> But he might be right on this one. I
1: think he might actually be right on this. I mean, look, let's when, you, let's, when you take a step back and you look at the Phillies in the post, the, the Phillies from regular season to postseason and the Sixers from regular season to postseason, the Sixers consistently be, our, they are a team that throughout the <laughs> regular season you have high projections on. They're the top of the league. They can go the distance. We, we're all talking about them being a championship caliber team, they get into the playoffs and it's a second round choke um, every single time. When's yeah. the last time the Sixers went to the Eastern won the Eastern Conference Finals, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, made it to the N- NBA Finals? 2001 with Allen Iverson carrying the team. I remember being in. I'm not gonna tell you what grade I, I was in. I don't want to know. I'm not gonna tell you what grade <laughs> I was in when Allen Iverson stepped over Ty Lue in Game One, and then the the Lord, the Sixers lost the next four. But either way, that's still the only thing we can hang our caps on, <laughs> Randy, which is sad. Randy
0: says I thought the Phillies podcast was gonna be a safe space. It's not. <laughs> no, we we hurt the same as usual. Randy we also
1: hurt, but the Phillies do have, as you talk about, yeah. that mentality of just, we're just going to get to the playoffs and good luck to whoever faces us yeah. because we're going <laughs> to grind out games. We're going to make it ugly. Our fans are going to be there when, when we're playing at Citizens Bank Park. Loud as can be, it's going to be an electric atmosphere always, and they're going to bring the fun, the swagger, and that underdog mentality that we still have here in Philly across many of our teams. Oh, of course, that's never going to be. That we carry on every single postseason that you see from the Phillies when they do get there. So I, I kind of agree with that take that it's like forget the regular season, the real season starts, and that's when we're actually going to be. Yeah,
0: and Tyreek Bailey says, you know, there's so many players that are likable on this team and we can relate to, Uh, and you know that kind of starts with Schwarber and Harper. Harper's more like that silent leader that lead by example guy and i think schwarber and even reese a credit to him you know keeping his locker in the locker room there uh, and he is hitting out of a cage now so if they can get to an atlanta yep. series uh you know fingers crossed maybe he can come in and be a dh a little bit that would of course mean rojas or marsh is out of the lineup but that's a problem to deal with for down the line right. uh, but this is an incredibly likable team and you know who else was really likable. Uh, our man Tyler Zuli, because he <laughs> found the picture now the website is since defunct because Chooch loves ice no longer exists but there is a screenshot of adorable little Chooch with his ice cream cone giving the fist pump after a game and that would just go on repeat so the YouTube uh, audience gets to see sorry podcast listeners you don't get to see the visual you
1: can go see it if you go check out the show on YouTube but and it's worth uh, every second of your time
0: yeah there he is look at the come on does that not just put a smile on your your face, chooch with an ice cream cone. I love that guy.
1: I'm just stuck on the <laughs> fact that Jamie was a whole grown adult <sighs> watching this on replay. I wish you were like eight years old. It's only like 60
0: seconds. I wasn't like obsessed with that's
1: it. That's a long time. How many how many times is that on repeat then? Two or three times?
0: Would you watch something for a minute every day if it made you smile? <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: like such a weird question because it's a really <laughs> deep question, but when you take it in context of chooch, chooch. I don't know. it's 60 adorable. seconds of you watching over and over again, <laughs> chooch going like this, but it does make me want ice cream. And I, 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 I do kind of want that. some ice cream I, now. That yeah. ice cream cone looks
0: What's your go-to ice cream? As we derail here for 30 seconds. Oh, you know when Favorite. Every time we talk One about choice.
1: Cookies and cream.
0: Yeah, that's it. I go back and forth between cookies and cream or um, cookie dough. And then uh, as I get older in life, a dark horse that's making a case for the one seed is Black Raspberry.
1: Ooh. And if we're really talking about dark horses, Ben & Jerry's, who I'd love if you sponsored us because the can, American have dream. ice cream Yeah, Ben & Jerry's, hop on board here. They have a l- fantastic double chocolate brownie ice cream that actually has brownie chunks in it. Yeah. It is to die for. And I love all things chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, like basic dessert flavors. And that right there... Will make you wanna like slap something. <laughs> like it just tastes way too good. Gosh, I honestly, look, we can go all day about ice cream and, and cakes and stuff, but all right, 10 more I seconds. highly recommend Did that. you see
0: the McDonald's soft serve ice cream cone hack that went viral on TikTok?
1: No. So these I'm two women a brought a,
0: uh, I'm not a TikToker either, I saw it on Instagram, so I'm probably like a month late at this point. Uh, <laughs> they brought a Tupperware thing, they ordered six soft serve cones, and then you just smash it down. And you, you turn each cone upside down, smash it. You kind of smash the cone, so you have six in there, and then you pour sprinkles on top, and you just have the broken up cones and a big ice cream sundae. I don't like it. They look really good.
1: I don't like it, because you could also just buy a, a thing of ice cream and... That's not even a Sunday.
0: Like, that's yeah, I know, but it's just really it look really good.
1: Okay. I mean I'll try it. Maybe one um,
0: day we'll do it in here to celebrate a nice Philly's yeah, victory. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So listen, I don't even know what we were talking about before we got on the ice cream because now my mind is thinking about all the ice cream flavors mm. you guys are dropping in the chat. Mint chocolate chip, chocolate, oh man, Ben and Jerry's fish food. Oh fish my god. Fish
0: food's really good, yeah. Yeah,
1: you guys are losing me here. Um let's get back on track. So let's just take a step back. And I know we were talking about, what were we even talking about before this? I uh, don't Nick know Cassianos, what we're about. how cool this team Between is, Chuch how likable they I'm are. Lost. Yes, so likable. This group, absolutely. I agree with you, Tyreek, as you were saying earlier in the chat. And then this it is led to Chuch and Ice Cream. Yes, that's, that's what, what led us to Chooch and Ice Cream. And we're <laughs> back, guys, and we're back. So this is a group that I feel like they're fun, and what makes them most likable is that they. They, For the most part, don't let us down in big moments come postseason time. That's what makes the Sixers not likable. So that's why I do somewhat agree with Vince's take there. Because we can like you all season, but if you get to the postseason and choke, we're not going to like you. Yeah. So I like the fact that the Phillies have fun they, they bring the personality. You get to know them. I've been in the clubhouse and in in and around the team enough to just have seen those moments. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I, I feel like I'm an honorary member from just the encounters I've had. Like, they make you feel like you're a part of the team. But uh, if you want to go check out them or any other team that you enjoy watching, um. head on over to the Game Time app. The Game Time app provides you with great prices, discounts to be able to purchase tickets to concerts, games, any sort of sports or entertainment that you're looking to check out. And you and your buddies can get that delicious just ice cream. Be sure to have fun. Get the drinks flowing. Get the laughter going. And check out the Game Time app with the code PHLY for that twenty dollars off for your first purchase for a discount. So we talked ice cream. We've talked about the series. We've talked about Chooch. We've talked about a lot of things. Before we move forward, though, I do have one quick um, moment that I want to take a pause to just. Say I was right, because yesterday we ended the show with Jamie claiming he was right and I was wrong. And we're not going to go down this rabbit hole, guys. I promise you, for those of you that tuned Still in with right. us yesterday to talk about Halloween and Hocus Pocus and everything like, everything like that, just a quick update. I did take it to Twitter. I, I got the people involved, because I believe real science involves more than two people in the conversation. And I polled some folks, and I asked them if Hocus Pocus, the Halloween movie, with Sarah Jessica Parker, was it Bet, Mid Bet? The, what's her, oh my gosh? What's her name? Bette Midler. Bet Midler is that her name? Bette Midler. Bette Midler. Yeah. Bette. Yeah. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Anyways, um, if that is just a chick, Seinfeld. Yeah. If that's just a chick flick. If it's all women love hocus pocus. If men love hocus pocus. And the numbers don't lie. According to the incredible science. 50, what was it? 54%, 54% said it's for everyone. All men. It is. And, I don't even think not it's all a chick women, flick, like, but it all women like it. Because according to one comment. We got
0: one mom <laughs> who's claimed, somebody claimed one their mom, mom did, didn't like it. One does not like Hocus
1: Pocus. And her son erroneous. does like Hocus Pocus. And so I want to just give a huge shout out to our buddy, Daniel Ormsby. Erroneous, who told Daniel. Us erroneous. That he likes Hocus Pocus and his mom does not, which completely discredits everything Jamie was saying that said all women, because not all women Ormsby's mom Mm -hmm. does not like it. So bam, Mm -hmm. there's your science.
0: One, we found one.
1: Yes. All right. Well, <laughs> love that. I don't want to get this going in the chat. Let's get back into things um, and looking at, this, yeah. at baseball. Let's go let's, back to talking baseball.
0: Let's talk <laughs> magic numbers, Renee, sure. because it is that lovely <laughs> time of the year where we get to talk magic numbers. And if you're in the YouTube chat right now, you can see the graphic Tyler has up for you. The Phillies control their own destiny. Obviously, they have the magic number of six Uh, to lock up a playoff spot Uh, you know they can uh, uh, get the first seed pretty easily here a lot of the teams below them have um, you know a tougher climb ahead of them like the Marlins for instance do not control their own destiny Uh, a couple other teams you know the Giants are going to have some real heavy lifting here because the Arizona Diamondbacks took them down again yesterday it's certainly looking like to me it's going to be the Diamondbacks uh, the Phillies and then it's going to be a slugfest for that third spot uh, between Cincinnati and the Marlins you can't count them out yet Uh, but there it is the magic number is six I always love magic number talk this time of the year Diamondbacks really need to chill out um They're just kind of a a nuisance um they're they're Mm. they're hot right now and Corbin Carroll is Ah. awesome and I was shocked yesterday when I went to DraftKings to look up the NL MVP odds that he wasn't listed and Bryce Harper was and I was like "Mm, are you just trying to take Phillies fans money there DraftKings Uh, I don't know anybody that would bet uh you know Bryce Harper to win the MVP Uh, but Ronald Acuna Jr. is the leader by a substantial amount he's minus 1,800 To win the NL MVP, Uh, but I was shocked to see Corbin Carroll not like in fourth or fifth place there uh, because he is really freaking good, Um, and you know he's a legit MVP candidate. And sometimes, you know, I was thinking back to uh, I think they swept the Mets in a four-game series to win the NL East in 2007, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And like, I kind of had that vibe a little bit with Corbin Carroll, where he's like. He's almost Jimmy Rollins in them where he's like putting the team on his back Mm. and just kind of carrying them uh, to the playoffs. And maybe the Diamondbacks can build off of that next year and take that next step. Uh, I don't think they're going to be World Series bound this year, uh, but it did kind of give me like 2007 ish vibes for the Diamondbacks. Uh, But the magic number is six. You got seven of the ten uh, remaining games versus the awful Mets and the other three versus the Pirates. So uh, it should not be a hard number to get to to go six and four over these next ten. Uh, If you go six and four, the other team's – you know, behind you are going to have to go, essentially go nine and O and 10 and or nine and one, 10 and 10 and O to really kind of yeah. leapfrog you, which is going to be impossible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a, a, a leapfrog fail, much like the piggyback fail that we saw in game two against the Braves. But I'm Yeah. But
0: yeah, no, blah, blah. I will
1: say for Corbin Carroll, it is, I mean, the first rookie He's in Major League baseball history to have a 25 50 season after yeah. hitting his 25th home run in that seven, one win for the diamondbacks. It's like, we were rooting for you at first, because we wanted you to beat the Cubs, yeah. And now you chill did. out, bro. So now you guys can calm down. <laughs> like you're done. Same thing with the Mets. We well, we weren't saying the full word. Let's go Mets. Nelly's no, not both of us. We were rooting for the Mets against the Marlins, and now it's time to chill out because you're about to face the Phillies, and we don't. We're not wanting any success there. So it's nice when teams step up when we want them to help us out to keep that wild card race and and hold on to uh, as we talk magic numbers. But then there comes a time where you need to stop. So yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know where I don't need to stop because I've been winning, and that's on the DraftKings Sportsbook. We're back for another week of football. We got San Fran and the New York Giants tonight. San Fran's a 10-and-a-half-point favorite. I actually I think I like them tonight because it's just going to be too much for the Giants facing that defense, and the Giants' defense sucks. 49ers defense is pretty, or offense is pretty loaded. So I just think it's a mismatch both ways. Normally, I hate double digit lines, uh, but I'm probably going to roll with San Fran tonight. Uh, But DraftKings is offering you great offers on NFL action every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. I'm not a new customer, but I am a customer. And all customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. And there's that code right down there in the corner for you YouTube people. It's P-H-L-Y. And football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with that code, P-H-L-Y. New customers, $5 can turn into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code P-H-L-Y. The crown is yours. All right, here we go. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit CCP.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Licensee Partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. We all know this one. It's Void in Ontario people. See sportsbook.com, draftkings.com/football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire 7 days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply.
1: Wow. Now that's now that's out of the way. Um, I, I started like singing songs in my head. I'm going like, to take was, DraftKings money. My tonight. Scooby-Doo voice was uh, singing songs to me during that whole time. Oh, yeah? so, so I missed it. You uh, might have to say it again.
0: By the way, <laughs> did you uh, did you buy what Nick Castellanos was saying there with Scooby-Doo? Is he a superhero or is he just a stone dog getting led around by his stoner buddy?
1: Wrong, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Honestly, I, I, Scooby-Doo is makes like it, one of those things, makes a case. Scooby-Doo is one of those shows that, when you take a step back and you really look at everything that we were watching unfold there, like the 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 bromance between Fred and Daphne, or the romance, excuse me, between Fred and Daphne, Scooby and Shaggy's little dynamic, um, the fact they were like driving. I've, I've I've heard all the conspiracy theories about Scooby-Doo. Well, there's there's, a, lot a, there, there's but, a
0: meme that says do has taught us um, that the people you should fear most in life are those close to you
1: yeah no literally yeah and like every accuracy. every. Yeah, like yeah. there was always someone that they already knew was a bad like had talked to and come to find out they were a bad guy and yeah it, it was always it somebody did. they knew and then it was like there's a bunch of kids driving around in a, in a mystery van cracking <laughs> cases i don't know it's and the way they just talked and carried themselves i don't know there's a lot of question marks there conspiracy yes, the theorists, made a strong case. let us know but you know who else made a strong case and that's kyle schwarber now on september 15th the league did celebrate Roberto Clemente Day. Around the league you saw number 21. You saw the badges. We saw it on the base. We didn't have a chance to talk about it here on the show but also they came out with the final list of nominees for the Roberto Clemente Award. Kyle Schwerber has been nominated. You can actually go vote for Kyle. I don't know exactly when the final date is because for whatever reason it's not listed anywhere. But I would imagine
0: vote. it's the end of the season so you probably so. have the I 10 or 11 no days left. You know? And
1: Schwerber's been doing a lot of work with first responders with Schwerber's Neighborhood Heroes that started back in 2017 and for anybody that doesn't know his family history, his dad is a long time or was a longtime police officer and police chief in Ohio. That's Greg. Mama Donna was a police dispatcher, became a registered nursed afterwards. His wow. sister Lindsay served in the Army National Guard before she became a police officer in Middletown. Her boyfriend, also a police officer, Kyle Schwarber has said if he didn't play baseball, he'd probably be a first responder as well. So, it's very close to home first responders and, you know, the people that put themselves out there and go chasing the real danger, not Scooby-Doo. The real first responders. Um, but in all seriousness, it's a great cause that he's been able to do to help families out around the world, raise a lot of funds and resources. So, go vote for Kyle, vote for Kyle.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're a, a great fan base, and you know, when you have a chance to support guys in that fashion with off the field stuff, it's always great to yeah, show your we support. Love that. Uh, maybe we'll tweet out the link later from our account, PHLY underscore Phillies, uh, so we can kind of You know, give us a follow there, and uh, we'll keep you up to date with everything going on with us, the show, you know, voting, all that sort of stuff. Uh, And speaking of voting, a little shout-out to the Phillies minor league system. Uh, Actually, I'm going to be paying attention. I didn't realize yesterday how difficult it was. Uh, to find uh, the probable pitchers in the minor leagues Hmm. uh, because Mick Abel is going to be pitching on Saturday. I had to text a friend who's obsessed with minor league baseball to find that out because I was on the struggle bus trying to find the matchups. But a shout-out to the Florida State League. And the MVP, Justin Crawford, he took home the hardware down there. Uh, and in terms of prospects, I believe he's up around third in the Phillies system now, uh, possibly fourth, but not any lower than that. Justin Crawford takes home the Florida State League MVP, uh, slashing 344 this year with a mm. 399 on base in a very nice 69 games uh, for the Threshers. He had 25 extra base hits and drove in 60 runs during his time with the team. Uh, So Justin Crawford is certainly somebody to be pretty excited about as a Phillies prospect. Uh, So just a little hat tip there to Justin Crawford. He's got some great bloodlines. Uh, being Carl's son, uh, he's cousins mm. with J.P. Crawford, so they're just they're just a strong baseball family. The uh, the baseball genes are rampant in the Crawford family. So uh, a yeah. little hat tip to him and something to be excited about, especially as we you know get into the offseason Hopefully in like late November, uh, the Phillies farm system is going to get some attention from us, and uh, Justin Crawford's one to definitely keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, and honestly, that's it's crazy to think about that we're really starting to think about the. The off-season conversations, but as we get through the off-season, while, not for a while, <laughs> yeah. not for a while, we've got right October coming up yes. first, let me let me backtrack, but uh, just for those that are tuning in, not only will we have those pre-game and post-game shows through the, the playoffs, but then after the end of the season, whenever that... World Series end of the season happens we're just going to manifest that it's not going to be for a very long time we will still have shows five days a week and be able to break down a lot of the off-season discussions a lot of the prospects talking about the draft talking about spring training so so much more that we'll be able to get into um, and even Aaron Nola I know that's been something that we've oh, yeah. talked about the future of Aaron Nola how much longer we'll see Nola in a Phillies uniform if it at all past this season um, if Nola takes a contract uh, a pay cut to stay what happens there but also with Nola being a top prospect we're Talking about Crawford as a top prospect. Well, Nola's a top prospect for some other teams around the league. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals, we're looking at you.
0: Yeah. Um, and shout out to uh, cousin Mike in Germany, who points out the 69 games uh, is very nice in the Florida State League. Uh, but yes, we are international. I know we got Sam in England a lot of days. Now we got Mike in Germany. So shout out to Mike in Germany. Yes,
1: international. Yeah. So international. for checking
0: in from so Deutschland. Uh, but yes, uh, Aaron Nola, according to the St. Louis Dispatch, this came off of the heels of the series down there in St. Louis that the Cardinals are extremely interested in Aaron Nola this offseason, and Mm -hmm. he's going to be a top priority for them. Now, Aaron Nola is such a strange polarizing figure here in Philly. You might hear that Philly's fans and go, yeah, have fun with him, St. Louis. Uh, (laughs) He falls apart every September, October. I, I just... I get you. I feel the same way. Believe me, I have my Nola doubts, and if he walks, I'm okay with it. I get it. Um, also, don't be so fast to wish away somebody as good as Aaron Nola. Uh, I, I know you don't want to pay him, let's say, 175 or $180 million, but the Phillies already did offer him that. So they clearly think pretty highly of him. Uh, that's going to be a real interesting discussion this offseason. Uh, Because of him, Reese, and finally Scott Kingery's numbers are going to come off the books. The Phillies all of a sudden are going to have like $35 million, $36 million even, that they can, you know, do you go after a Blake Snell? Do you go get Yamamoto? Because you are going to need to replace, I love Ranger, but I love Ranger being in the three spot. I don't. I think he's capable of potentially giving you uh, what you look for in a two, but I'd much rather replace what you're losing potentially in Nola if the Cardinals do swoop in and, say, give him $200 million. Um, it's just it's just one of those not-so-fast. Don't jump on the grave yet. Yeah. Don't celebrate uh, an overall really good pitcher leaving town. Uh, but, yeah, St. Louis is the first team you've heard of because these teams that are really out of it now, and the Mets are included in that, uh, are going to start to – you know have these little leaks and drips and drabs and uh, come the owners meetings in uh, December you know that's when things really start to heat up with that so you know St. Louis Cardinals are the first team we've heard of uh, that has Aaron Nola very high on their priority list so uh, yeah yeah, this very well could be the end of Aaron Nola uh, here in Philadelphia in these final starts.
1: I know it's it's weird to think about uh, obviously September started with a, a slumping September but uh, Aaron Nolan in, in the six innings that we saw eight strikeouts you know n- through for 94 pitches was just more along the lines of what we expect from Aaron Nolan still has some some major opportunity. Oh, the RAV4 fourth in the, inning gives me heart
0: palpitations every time. <laughs>
1: but Aaron Nola's still showing us he's got gas in the tank. And so, uh, honestly, I agree with you. I'm, I'm never quick to want to give up on a player because there, the the longevity of someone's career, there's naturally a lot of ups and downs. Ryan is saying, bye, Aaron. Um, bye <laughs> uh, Yeah, it's a a sometimes, but he's not doing well, in my opinion. But now, today, he's Aaron again. But I will say, overall, it leads to some bigger questions. We know Reese Hoskins is obviously trying to work back Uh, depending on how far the Phillies can go in the playoffs Reese could potentially be back not for the first round but the second round Um, as a designated hitter we haven't seen Reese in the lineup but we've seen what Rojas has been doing in the lineup as of late so even these question marks around how will Reese return back if he's able to get back what will Aaron Nola continue to do in the postseason we're talking about Scott as well so these are conversations that will have to happen of like what makes most sense Uh, financially as well we do know in sports it's a business too so it's much more than just having the best guys on your roster, there's a financial aspect, but yeah, and there's also a I lot of I was just going to say, if you
0: know me, you know, I, one of my favorite things to say is, it ain't my money. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, go spend away, John Middleton. I don't care if you go broke running this team. Uh, spend, spend, spend.
1: Well, where else you can spend, spend, spend is FOCO. Oh, FOCO look at that. gives you all the sports, collectibles, and entertainment, toys, anything that you want to purchase, bobbleheads, gear, any sort of apparel, merchandise. FOCO's got you covered. You can use that code PHOY, which the codes are always consistent. PHOY for 10% off of your purchase at FOCO to spend, spend, spend your money, not our money, again, and be able to get that nice discount off of your first purchase. Well, as we wind down, Jamie, um, we are finally looking ahead to the series. I know we've talked about the close of the Braves series. We're looking ahead to the Mets series. Don't want to take them lightly, but also starting to look ahead to the playoffs with just 10 games left in the season. I know Ryan's asking about word on Reese coming back for the playoffs. Um Definitely was a goal of his. There, That's something that we're still hoping can I mean, he happen. was saying
0: October 1st. Yeah. I don't think that's that realistic. But if you get into that Brave series, um, I think there's an outside chance. If you get to an NLCS, I yeah. think there's a really good chance you could see him. But I don't think realistically before then it's it's looking too good. He just got to the cages at, off of the tee after St. Louis. So he he's running. He's active. He's working out. And now he's in the cages. But... It's probably a lot to ask.
1: Yeah, and as we talked about before with any sort of injury that you're covering from, especially one like an ACL, there's the process you're working through that not only are you mentally trying to get back, but also physically trying to get back, and that your body needs rest. So what kind of delays that return is that maybe hitting off the teeth felt fine, but then you also... Are gonna feel it the next day, and you don't want to overextend yourself too quickly because that's when you do have yourself most susceptible to another injury or just a longer return back to being 100. percent So there's the physical side and the mental side that you have to work back through I of did, being able. I to did play.
0: ACL, MCL, and meniscus all in one shot, oh. and I will say I'm not comparing myself to a physical uh, the physicalness of a you know professional athlete. Uh, I will say mentally for me was much more difficult than physical.
1: That's what most people say. Honestly. Is you
0: have no confidence in the Mm -hmm. knee so you know when he if that's his plant foot in the batter's box uh, can he mentally shut his brain off and trust the knee I think that'll be the hardest thing for him Uh, because it's kind of his his rotating uh, plant leg so hopefully we do see him uh, but mentally uh, it's it's a hurdle to get over you don't trust it for a long time
1: well the biggest thing is you're now you kind of as I feel like naturally you think you're invincible like you're you're used to just doing your everyday moves and you're not thinking about it but the moment you get injured and especially an injury like an ACL and Achilles they always happen on the 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 most awkward step, a non-contact play, something that's just weird, something that you've done a million times, but for whatever reason, this time, you land, and there goes your Achilles. You step, and there goes your ACL. You know, it's it's always the most simple plays it feels like. So mentally, it is it is that fear factor that you have to work through of, okay, I can get back to playing. I trust my body. I've rehabbed, and I'm going to be able to, to be 100% and not thinking about it. And you can't play sports thinking about getting injured or thinking about the, all the things that could go wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, there's absolutely as much of a physical side in between the ears mentally that we're going to have to see Reese working back from yeah, that I- might take time.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of things uh, on the positive side of the world, Charlie yes. Manuel is back tweeting some jokes <laughs> out. Now, I don't know if his wife Missy is actually doing the typing. I would think so. Uh, but Charlie's humor was very much on display on Twitter yesterday. Andrew McCutcheon and a lot of former players have reached out to him. Not that McCutcheon, actually, Charlie might have filled in whatever. Charlie's always around the club, so he knows these guys. Andrew McCutcheon, you know, sent him a really heartfelt message yesterday, you know, pulling for you, Chuck. And he had a, a tweet that made me laugh. He said, You know, the nurses, I had to explain to the nurses that I've always talked like this. Yep. yep. I like
1: that. Like, they were and, trying to teach me how to talk, yeah, but yeah. I didn't tell them I've
0: always talked like this. Like that. Which was uh, <laughs> seeing humor from Charlie there. Uh, That's so gold. we're still pulling for you, Chip, everybody, or Skip. Uh, not Chip. You did bring us a chip, but you are the Skip. Um, so great news there uh, out of Florida. And hopefully, Charlie is, uh, you know, at home and comfortable for this playoff run. Yeah. Um, so, Great stuff there. Uh, And one thing I wanted to start hitting on was uh, because I'm a little bit of a uh, Phillies history nerd as well. Renee, a little bit of a new segment from time to time we can splash in this day in Phillies history. Yeah. Uh, And I looked it up today in 2008. Uh, Chase Utley and Pedro Feliz, old Pete Happy, uh, both went deep in a 5-2 win over the Marlins. It was the team's 17th consecutive game with at least one home run, which broke the club record, which was set in 2002. 17 games with at least one dinger. Uh, That's a hell of a streak. And then the other one uh, in 2014... The dark days of Phillies baseball. Uh, yes. I forgot Marlon Byrd was even here. I kind of like blacked a lot out. That happened yeah, during that time. Uh, but Marlon Byrd struck out twice in Oakland, bringing his season total to 180 on the year. Ryan Howard had reached that level the day before, making them the first teammates in Major League history to fan 180 times in one season. And when you th- and the reason I bring this up is when you think about how much baseball has changed so quickly, Ryan. Ryan Howard, you know, people used to talk about all the time in the strikeouts and this and that. Now strikeouts don't even matter. I know. Kyle Schwarber's at 204. Hmm. He's now had two years in a row of over 200. Schwarber's probably going to end with, like, 210, 211, 212, something like that. And, you know, it used to be, like, one of the main talking points about Ryan Howard, and it used to anger me. I was like, who cares? And I guess I was ahead of the time, but then I... But then I started having problems with Schwarber strikeouts, and now I don't care anymore. Uh, So I think it's just baseball, and it's uh, evolving over time. But everybody used to say, oh, Ryan Howard's got to stop striking out so much. And I was like, do you see the home runs and RBI that he is putting up? I don't care about 180 strikeouts. And now here we are. Kyle Schwarber is breaking the two-century mark, and it's not even thought about anymore. Uh, Ryan Howard was ahead of his time. And if he was in today's game, Uh, people wouldn't even talk about it anymore.
1: You can't let the fear of striking out keep you from swinging and that is something that we now understand and appreciate. There are levels to it of course, don't get me wrong, oh, absolutely. but there's always there's always like the fine line, but uh, yeah, when you look at <laughs> when you look at Ryan Howard and you just look at how things used to be. Yeah. Now we don't really talk about strikeouts as much. We are just no, looking at they batting, don't matter you know, anymore. your batting average. Ryan Berkey your, said he could have been
0: leading or, off for the team back then. Yeah. Yeah, In Brian, modern baseball he would have been. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Ryan uh, yeah. Kraft said says, 265 is now a decent batting average. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ryan Howard was winning MVPs. Not only was he putting the ball over the fence 50-plus times, he was batting 316 in those years. Uh, Somebody else said, you know, one of the most underappreciated athletes in Philadelphia history. I completely agree. I'd also throw Donovan McNabb in that conversation (laughs) as well. Uh, But that is it for us today. Uh, What you can do to help us out, always like and subscribe our YouTube page. Uh, we're nothing without you guys in the comments section. Subscribe to the podcast. You can follow us on the social media accounts. Check out allphly.com and the diehard membership, plus the kick-ass writing we have from so many great writers here at uh, PHLY. So follow along with us read the work of these brilliant writers and subscribe to all the podcasts and YouTube page. And we appreciate each and every one of you. We will be back tomorrow at Renee. What time I'm putting you on the grill.
1: 1130 Eastern time. Nailed it. Let me make sure to clarify the time zone since we have people joining from all over the world. Yes, so 1130 yes. Eastern time that we will have another show. Glad you guys enjoyed it. Definitely hit that like button as Tyreek and Jamie are saying, and always come back. I love that we end the show consistently with like a small hot take that we can Continue talking about So Ryan Howard Not really a hot take That he's one of the Most no, underrated I think but that's just Fact It's just a fact um, So ending the note Ending the, the show piece. With a dynamite Final notes
0: I gotta get I to his chick- yes. He's got a hot Chicken place Over in Jersey He's a part owner of a hot chicken oh. chain, so maybe we'll get him in someday to promote that. But uh, I'd
1: love that. I would Say love less. to go
0: taste the big pieces hot chicken. Yeah. I hope that doesn't sound weird. Uh, for Renee Washington, <laughs> I'm Jamie Lynch and the Phly <laughs> uh, Phillies podcast. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Let's go, Phils! Take down the Mets, and we'll see you tomorrow live on YouTube at 11:30. Have a great day, everyone. Chooch loves ice cream.